Thank you for joining us on our weekly podcast here at Grace Point. Today we will hear an inspirational word from our lead pastor, Lanny Troller. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Turn with me if you will. Stand for the reading of the word of God. The Bible said in verse 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening was come, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves of the wind, for for the winds were contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. They cried out for fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So Jesus said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and called him and said to him, Oh, you have little faith. Why did you not, or why did you doubt? I, I want to interject as, as, and what led me to this uh, message today was what we heard Thursday at our throwback Thursday service. Is when Jesus said to the disciples, Oh, you have little faith. He was not talking about the size of their faith. He was talking about the duration of their faith. Are you with me? The Bible said if our faith uh, is the size of a seed of a mustard seed, that that's enough faith to speak to a mountain and cause that mountain to be removed. In order for Peter to take a step on the water, he had to have a faith that kept him an unsinking faith. So for a duration of time, Peter had an unsinking faith. Some of us say we lack faith, but it's not a question of lacking faith. It's a question of that being a consistent faith. The word of God teaches us not to esteem one day above the next. It simply speaks to you and I to that effect in that what we're supposed to do is continue to believe God every day, all day, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So that our faith will be consistent where we can remain unmovable and unshakable in the, in, the, in, in, in the promises of God. Are you with me? So when you find yourself going under, don't allow the enemy to say, well, you, you have no faith. Just ask God to extend that unsinking faith that puts you on the journey to begin with. Am I saying something this morning? All right. So let's get back to the word. Verse 32. And when... They got in the boat, the wind ceased, and those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I want to speak to you this morning by the Lord's help and through the direction of the Holy Spirit on the thought and title. Let's take a walk. Let's take a walk. Stretch your hand this way and pray the anointing of God. Father, we love you. We worship you. We magnify you. We thank you, God, for what we've already felt in our spirit. God, we have been blessed already. We have been challenged already. We have received already. And we thank you for that. But God, we've not only come to receive, but we've come to bless you with our worship, with our praise, and God, with our obedience. 
And so, Father, we just pray that you would be blessed by um, what is taking place here this morning in the lives of each and every one of us who lift up your name above every name. Father, we pray that the Spirit of God would just encamp in this house and in our lives. Lord, that we too will remain, even as Joshua of old, in the temple where your holy presence abides. We give you honor for that. And Lord, we just ask this morning that you would minister to every heart and life. Father, there's, there's many needs that are represented here. Some for salvation, which is of the utmost importance, God. And so we pray that those would come to know you as Lord and Savior of their life. Lord, some for sanctification who need strength and separating themselves from some strongholds that have grabbed a hold of them and are keeping them from the full potential and blessings that you have for their life. And Lord, for Holy Spirit baptism, for those, God, that want to move to a place in which they speak with boldness and authority, the word of God through the demonstration and power of the, of the spirit in their life. Whatever is done, let it bring honor to your name, Father. So with clarity of thought, excellence of speech, without prejudice or compromise, let your word go forth, sharper than any two-edged sword. Not by might or power, but only by your spirit. Hide me behind the cross. Anoint me with an anointing that will be preaching easy. And for this, I give you all the honor, praise, and glory in the mighty and merciful name of Jesus. We ask it all faith, believing. And God's people said, Amen. And Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. And they cried out for fear. Isn't it amazing that up to this point, the Bible does not say that the disciples were necessarily fearful. Until they've seen the presence of God. When the presence of God is revealed, then the dangers of the storm are brought to light. Come on, somebody. Someone says, Pastor, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get past this? Allow the presence of God to radiate that which is around you and to bring into focus the dangers that is in this world. So that we can lean upon the everlasting arm of Jesus. Come on. Not by might or power. But by my spirit. The Lord said. I am very much aware that we often look at Peter as a delinquent disciple. And that he often spoke and reacted before really processing and assessing the issues that are at hand. Peter had as I often do a foot and mouth disease. And that simply means he put his foot in his mouth frequently. Amen. With that many shortcomings that Peter displayed, one must admire his willingness to think outside of the box, or in this case, outside of the boat. Why? Because I believe that Peter understood the fullness of God's ability to operate through God's Son on a level that others' disciples could not grasp. A level as stated by the Apostle Paul, and I quote now, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think in Ephesians 3 and 20. In short, under the, Roman leaders, uh, under the Roman leadership, night was divided into four watches. The first watch was from 6 to 9, the second from 9 to 12, the third from 12 to 3, and the fourth from 3 to 6. This simply means in the darkest time of the night, in the loneliest time 
of the night, the disciples found themselves in the middle of a storm. Nevertheless, due to the severity of the storms, the disciples were thrown into a spirit of panic and a spirit of fear. This in turn causes them to lose focus of what God has done for them in the past and what God has said he is going to do for them in the future. It would be easier for us if when these storms come our way that we encourage ourselves, even as David of old. When David found himself in a place to which the enemy was coming in like a flood, he would steal away in sackcloth and ashes and he would begin to seek God. And he would remember the things that God has done in his life and the storms that God has brought him through all the while. Amen. Whenever his mind would go back, I'm sure it would go back as far as the lion and the bear. I'm sure it would go back to Goliath and the many other triumphs in which God had caused him to be triumphant in. He would encourage himself. Did you know the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter in which we, we uh, declare it to be the hall of faith is nothing but a place of encouragement. A reminder to what God has done and what God has brought others through. And so the way we build up our most holy faith is by remembering these things. How good God is. Even when David was complaining, uh, God would flip the script on him and then he'd say, but you are merciful and you are mighty. And your mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. He started off complaining, the, 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 the wicked around me. They prosper and they prevail and the righteous struggle. And then he'd say, oh, but you are my rock and you are my refuge. You are my high tower. You are my strength and weakness. And so David would be brought back to a place where he re would remember. And I challenge us here who, who are finding ourselves in a storm to remember that this storm is no different than the, than the other storms we have been through. It's just another storm. And no matter how dark it may be and no matter how high the waves may be and no matter how loud the thunder uh, uh, may roll and how, how bright the lightning may flash, the Word of God said that you have a brother in Christ. As a matter of fact, someone who is closer than a brother to your life. One in whom he said, I will never leave you nor will I forsake you, but I will be there always. Leading, leading, up, to this, leading up to this storm, the disciples had experienced a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Amen. The, the Bible talks about, and, and I, I don't want to re-preach what pastor preached Thursday, but, but again, that's what led me to this, this message today. How that Jesus was overwhelmed by the fact that John the Baptist had been beheaded. And John the Baptist, amen, Jesus said, I'm going to steal away. And when he went to steal away, he got on the uh, seashore. And the Bible said when he got to land that the, the word of God declared that they, Sister Troller, they, they brought their sick. And he began to heal them. He began to pray. Now Jesus is wanting to take a break. He want, he's wanting to steal away with the Father. And God begins to work miracles in their life. The disciples come and say this is a desolate place. It's a place to which, amen, the word of God declares that they said there's nothing here, but, but yet God has already been performing miracles. He's already been healing the sick. How can a place where healing 
is transpiring and lives are being transformed be a desolate place. And the disciples said, okay, God, they're hungry. Or Jesus, they're hungry. And the word of God said that. Uh, Jesus said, well, what do you have? I don't, I'm not going to preach this whole message, even though it's on my mind. And the word of God said that. They said, we got a youngin's lunch. We got two little fish and five barley loaves. Jesus said, bring it here. Well, that's not enough for everybody. Huh? That's not enough for everybody. It's just enough for us. Can I tell you what God has done here this morning? It's not only enough for us, but it's enough for everybody. We should be distributing that which we have been given freely out to those who are in need, and we should give what we have to them freely. We should not feast upon the blessings of God and hoard it up to ourselves and keep it to ourselves and then go from service to service enjoying the blessings of God and never allowing ourselves to feed others and to give to others and, and to show others the ways and the mercies of God. And so the desolate place become a place of plenty in which the word of God said Jesus prayed over it and then caused the disciples to distribute it out. The Bible said that they fed 5,000 men, not including women and children. Most people would say 20,000 or so. And had 12 baskets full of stuff that was left. What, what are you preaching? I'm preaching that God did some miracles here. These, these boys have, have experienced revival. And now Jesus has ordered them to get in the boat, go to the other side. I'm going to steal away and pray. During the midst of that boat ride, the storm began to brew. Don't think for one second, just because you have been blessed, just because you have walked in the uh, blessings of God, that the enemy is going to step back and say, okay, you can have it. As a matter of fact, he's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy every bit of joy and faith that you've got. And so we see in the word of God, and i got to get into the, to the preaching or the message here, that Jesus steps out in the middle of the storm, and they're afraid. If the devil can cause you to fear, the devil can cause you to fail. I said if the devil can cause you to fear, the devil can cause you to fail. And so we see in the word of God, that Peter steps up and he says, if it's really you, bid me to come on the water. And Jesus didn't make it complicated. He just said, come. Some of us think we have to do the hokey pokey and spin around and touch our toes. You lost me there. In order to get the blessings of God. In order to receive at the hand of God. But in reality, we will, we will receive at the hand of God when we first begin to seek the face of God. And he said, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek after me with all of your heart. And so the word of God said that Peter said, come. And so Peter stepped out on the boat, out of the boat and started walking on the water. He took a walk. Some of us need to take a walk this morning. The Bible said that Peter started walking. I want to talk to you about 
how Peter started walking. First, he started walking uh, in God's presence. He started walking in God's presence. Matthew 14, 25 through 27 said, In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke to them and said, Be of good cheer, as I be not afraid. In this life there are many things to fear, yet Jesus wants us to keep clear view of who he is. Look to him and do not be afraid, he said. His instruction not to fear is based on his limitless power to overcome all of the enemies and his unwavering promise to go with us always. However, let us remember that Christ was present while the boat of his disciples rocked, the storm roared, and the winds howled, which should give a clear instruction that just because Christ is in the midst of our storm or troubles in our life does not necessarily mean that said troubles will just cease. I want you to grab a hold of that this morning. Just because the presence of the Lord in which he said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake. Just because he's there does not mean the storm's automatically going to stop. The enemy tries to twist our minds up into believing that if we were living the way we should live, that if we were doing the things we should do, if we were acting the way that we should act, that we wouldn't have any problems or we wouldn't have any struggles or we wouldn't have any, any, any uh, uh, things that would distract us from truly receiving from God the things that God has. But the Bible says from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffering violent, the violent must take it by force. That simply means, Sister Toller, there is going to be a battle in which we have got to commit ourselves to that no matter what the enemy throws our way, though no matter what the enemy tries to do to stop us in our faith, that we have a bulldog tenacity about us that has declared, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That will declare unto this world that there's not enough wealth, uh, there's not enough influence, there's not enough pressure, uh, there's not enough storms, uh, that are going to come my way, that will cause me to stop trusting in the God who said he would never leave me, nor would he forsake me. I want somebody to grab a hold of this this morning. It's time that we as the people of God take on the armor of God and trust God to be God. It is time the people of God begin to walk by faith uh, and not by sight. Uh, simply because we know in this battle that we're in uh, that we are not alone. Uh, Peter began to walk in the presence of God. Uh, Peter began to walk under the shadow of the almighty of God. Uh, I want you to know in order to endure the storm uh, you've got to get in God's presence. Uh, you've got to take him by the hand. Uh, you've got to trust him uh, to be your strong tower. Uh, you've got to trust him uh, to be your strength and weakness. Uh, you got to trust him. Uh, amen. In his presence, uh, his joy and life uh, and hope and peace. Uh, but we need uh, the presence of God. Hey. First Peter 1. Verse 7 said, The trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearance of, of Jesus Christ. How do we deal with the storms? 
Do we do so in worship? Do we count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptation? Huh? Or when the storms come, do we begin to murmur and complain? As if the presence of God isn't there. At the appearing of Jesus Christ, we understand, is speaking of the coming of Christ. And I know that this is referring to that coming. However, to stay with the context of what we are preaching, Christ allows us to go through these trials and troubles to build what the scripture says, our most holy faith and our confidence in him. Nevertheless, despite all of this, he is right there. He is right there. Uh, it's, I, I forget, I was talking to somebody the other day who, who, who gave me an analogy of a, uh, that a pastor had shared with them. And, and I thought, what a great analogy. And, that, and, and the, the topic or the discussion uh, was about the, uh, the death of Judas. And how, whether or not Judas was born specifically uh, to betray Christ. And the Bible said that God doesn't tempt with evil, neither tempts he any man with evil. Come on. And so we understand, but the men are compromised, as one version says. When they are enticed and drawn away of their own lust, and when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and when sin is completed, it brings forth death. And so we see in the word of God that, that the son of perdition, amen, the uh, Judas, the betrayer of Christ, Sister Troller, some would argue that he was predestined, but I disagree with that. And you say, how can you disagree with that, Pastor? And I'll tell you why. God is not limited by time. And so God knows the beginning from the end because even though he is at the beginning, he is also already at the end of the end of the end of the end. And so our life and humanity in and of itself is an, is, is an open film before God. It's as if a man was standing in the analogy that was giving of one who was at the, um, a parade in a big city, New York, we'll say. And how that man had a uh, balcony that, that hovered over the city. And, and when the parade began, he could see the beginning of the parade. And he could see the end of the parade. The parade was real. But he knew the end or the beginning from the end. This is how humanity is before God. God stands in the balconies of heaven and he sees the beginning from the end. And so how Christ knew that the cup or the hand was in the cup uh, of the one that would betray him was because God has already seen it happen. Are you with me? Let, let you absorb that. So know this. The reason God said he's a God in trouble. Huh? It didn't say he was a God in time of trouble. It said he has got in trouble. Huh? He's already there because he knew that trouble was going to get there before it got there. And that's why he's uh, Jehovah Shaman. The Lord is there, Sister Troller, because he already, he already seen it going to happen. So before the doctor ever give you the diagnosis, so before your, your child ever went haywire, before your boss ever give you the pink slip. God was already there. And if God is there. Then he must be 
Well, you're not there in order to get you there to where he's at. Oh, you, you ain't going to help me. I'm by myself. What's that mean, preacher? Well, I got, we need to abide in the presence of God. Number, number two, number, or in his presence, there is power, the word of God said. Nahum 1, 3 through 6 said, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. Somebody say power. And will not at all quit the wicked. The Lord has his, has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and in the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry and dries up the rivers, basin and languish. The Carmel and the flower of Lebanon languishes. The mountains quake at his hands and the hills melt. And the earth is burnt at his presence, yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation? And who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire and the rocks are thrown down by him in his presence there's power in his presence there's praise in his presence there's praise psalms 100 verse 2 says serve the lord with gladness come before his presence with singing hallelujah i got up this morning and for whatever reason i went to page 57 in the red back hymnal in the bathroom as i was trimming up my beard and i was singing amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me i once was lost but now i'm found was blind but now I see hallelujah I want you to know today we should start our day out with praising him and singing praises unto him a preacher you don't know what I'm going through I may not know but in his presence there is power to overcome and in his presence there is the ability to praise him through the storm praise him at the rising of the sun and the going down of the same the word of God said let everything and not in the good times are the bad but in all times praise him praise him and praise him because in the praise his presence will abide in his presence there is glory and honor first chronicles 16 and 27 glory and honor are in his presence strength and gladness are in his place I've said before and I'll declare it till I die. Faith that is never tested is not faith. But true faith is tested on the battlefield of diversity. And on that battlefield, God would prove that he is God. And that he is able to take care of those that trust and believe in him. Number two, start walking in God's provision. God's provision. Look at your neighbor and say, stop doing it yourself. Matthew 14, 28 through 29, I'm hurrying. Said him Peter and answered him and said, Lord, if thou be, if it's you, bid me come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And when Peter was down, come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now I've said this before, and if you're, if you're a, a grace point tonight. Only the religious folks know what I'm talking about there. Then you've heard me say this. But I think it bears repeating, Sister Chola. And that is, Peter did not walk on the water. Peter did not walk on the water. Look at your neighbor and say, what's he talking about? For those from the 80s, say, what's he talking about, Willis? <laughs> it was not Peter who kept Peter afloat. Any more than it's an axis that keeps this earth suspended on nothing. 
Come on. When Peter stepped out of the boat, had Peter stepped out of the boat with his own ability, he would have sunk from the beginning. But every step that Peter took was on the provision of the word of Christ. Peter said, if his shoe bid me come to you. And Jesus said, come. At the word come, Jesus, uh, the Spirit of God put a blanket or a covering over that water that caused that liquid to become solid. Huh? At the provision of the word come, you say, I don't understand preaching. In the beginning, the Bible said, God spoke and said, let there be. God provided so that there was. At the words of God, all that is created was created. And without him, there was nothing the word of God said created. And so the provision that was given in order for Peter to walk on the water was not in Peter's willingness per se to do so, but it was the commandment of the word of God who said, you have the right through my provision to walk on the water. Ah. Young people, you won't make it under your own provision. Matter of fact, every one of you probably this week messed up. Join the crowd. It's okay. Don't walk under your own provision. Walk upon this. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil, for I am with you, the Lord said. I walk on the provision. Sister Toller, God has provided for you and I in order, amen, to make sure that we have the things or the tools necessary in order to do the work that is at hand. If God has brought you to a season or a time such as this, including a storm, then he has made the provisions ready and necessary in order to get you through that storm, in order to get you from point A to point B. It may be a, it may be a donkey, it may be a rooster, it may be a, a colt, it may be a fish, it may be a, a, a kid's lunch, it may be whatever it may be. But understand, don't despise the smallest things, take those things, trust God, believe God, hold fast to God and watch God do what God does when God does it right because everything God does is good and God is good and let everything that believes in him trust in his provision. Hey! He is Jehovah Jireh. Lord, daddy. I got the wood and I got the fire. I got the ropes. But where's the lamb? Abraham said, son, chill. God will provide. It was in the King James. So he said, chilleth. God will provide. Huh? God will provide. Look at your neighbor and say, chill. God will provide. The reality is, if I can bring it to a vernacular of today, God's got this. God's not taken by surprise. God knew you was going to need the provision that, that he will provide before you ever got to the place you needed it. And I touched on that in the power of God. But since you're told her, God is going to provide. If you, I, I remember I was scared to ask them when we left Florida. Because her daddy, he's getting older, but he still owns a lot of guns. And so I have a deep respect for him and his arsenal of, of, of weapons. 
And so, but when Pop was out here, he didn't bring many guns. I didn't say he didn't, he'd come empty handed. I just said he didn't bring many guns with him. And so I asked him, I said, Pop, I said, when I took your baby girl uh, on a 3,300 mile trip across this nation to bring her out to the PNW, we, we explained to y'all, we sat down and told you we were coming. And, and you said, well, son, if it doesn't work out, you always got a place to come home to. And I said, but how did you really feel? And, and his word, in his words to me, and I thought it was, it was so profound and so wise. And he said, I wasn't worried about y'all when you got out here. He said, I was concerned about the journey, the trip to get you there. <laughs> now, there's some wisdom there if you listen to what he said. Because, see, it's the journey from point A to point B uh, that, 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 that is the catch-22 in our lives. Because when we finally get to where we're going, we know that we know everything's going to be okay. Huh? It's just that journey in between Florida and Washington that, that made him scratch his head and, and begin to pray, God, keep him on his journey. Keep them on their journey. I, I want you to know if you can ever get past the concerns of the journey you're in, then you'll know that the end of the journey is going to be better than the beginning of the journey. Come on, somebody. You, you will recognize that the work in which God has started in your life, God is going to complete in your life. But somewhere along the way, there's got to be a journey. And in that journey, we got to rely upon the provision of God. All right. You guys didn't know this, but when I come out here, and Brother Andy can testify, I never discussed salary, did I? Until I, until I walked into the church. I didn't ask how much money you got in the bank. I didn't, I didn't ask any of those things. Amen. God said to come and I resisted and I fought with it even almost to the week in which we came finally. Because these journeys are tough at times. But we came and, and I, I didn't know the situation. I didn't know what to expect. I, I, I was sure you was going to love me. I just wasn't sure I was going to like you. Amen. So... Thank God that worked out. Brother Mark, God said, come. And we went. And we're here. And the journey was stressful. And the journey was tiresome. And getting to the place in which God has brought us to was difficult. And we still face challenges because, see, we're still on a journey. But in that, we trusted the provision of God, Sister Troller, to get us to our destiny. To get us to the place in which God has uh, said that we must go. Peter, in order to reach to where Christ was, said, I need to come to where you're at. And Jesus said, if you want to come to where I'm at, then get to coming. And he stepped out of the boat and began to walk. Hello. Hello. Psalms 37 and 4 said, Delight thyself. Also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And I'm closing. Who's ever helping me this morning come? Start walking. Number three, in the protections of God. In the protections of God. Matthew 14, 29 through 31, and he said, Come, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, somebody say immediately. immediately. Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said to him, Oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? If you don't get anything else, 
that this preacher has preached today, I want you to get this. You're not in this by yourself. You're not alone in your struggles. You're not alone in your testings. You're not alone in many of the storms in which you feel like you're going under in. But the Bible said the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. In his ears they are open unto their cry. Oh, I can imagine because I've been there. I've been, anybody ever been cocky in the Lord? You know, I'm talking about you, you've been in prayer meeting, you've been fasting, you've been praying. Man, you've been studying your word, you're just walking around like. Huh? I mean, you just know that you know, boy, if, if, you, if, if it was a rapture today, you're going to be in front of the line. You're going to be telling folks, come this way. Come this way. I'm going to help Jesus out right here. Come on. You ever felt that way? I mean, just 10 foot tall and bulletproof in God. And man, I'm telling you, most Christians are bipolar in spirit. That's so true. But then there those times. Peter, Peter was was like, "You all hang here." Hey, hey, the one Jesus loves. You ain't doing this, right? can do. I'm like Jesus. All of a sudden. <laughs> my foot getting wet. Why my foot, my foot wet? said that the ears of the Lord was open to his cry and immediately he took him by the hand and you know what happened and I ain't going to even attempt I know you're playing just come on help me you know oh you know what happened see we a lot of time we visualize Jesus picking him up on his shoulder can you imagine me picking this up on my shoulder? 
and we walk, and they're talking. Peter, I was so proud of you. You did good, son. Somewhere along the way, you allowed the storms to start bugging you. The lightning to start distracting you. But, but you stepped out. But see, you're with me. And I'm going to protect you from the storms. And you started out in this race, walking on the water. And I ain't going to carry you to shore. I ain't carrying you to the boat. You're going to walk back on the water with me. And the provision of God kicked back in and Peter's confident, trusted because the protective hand of God stepped into his life. And they both walked hand in hand back to the boat. I want you to know today as you're standing to your feet, Lord, on motion, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody. The Spirit of the Lord is saying, Believe me, and hold fast to me, saith God. And the very storm in which you thought was going to be your destruction, saith the Lord, will be a means to which I will bring you to a higher place in me. In which you will trust and you will believe as you see the protective hand in which I have placed over your life. And my ability to carry you and to bring you unto a place of destiny, saith God. Hold fast to me, saith the Lord, and I will show you the wonders and the works of my hand. If you will hold fast to me, saith the Lord, and believe. Mm. 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 He's here to protect you. He's here to provide for you. Because his presence is here. The word of God said that Jesus never took the hand of Peter until Peter needed his hand. But as soon as he called out unto the Lord, the word of God said immediately he took him by the hand. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego found themselves in the furnace. And when they got there, God was already there with the protective ability to keep them sheltered from the heat of the furnace. In Daniel chapter 3. And Brother John, we see in the word of God that it was through the heat of the trial in which they were in that the very thing that kept them bound was loosed. And they were set at liberty in God to the point where it didn't only bring victory to their life, but revival to that nation. Because Nebuchadnezzar said the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the only true and living God.
Lord is saying to you and I that the storm you are in is not for your demise or your destruction. But it is for your strength and for your growth. Not to only bring you to a greater depth in Christ, but also to bring others into a life-changing experience through Christ. But you got to be willing to take the walk. You got to be willing to take the walk. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I must ask the question Are you walking where He's leading? Have you stepped out of the proverbial boat into a place of destiny to which God will use those moments, as the pastor said Thursday, to impregnate purpose in your life? These very moments, this very moment in which you're at right now, God wants to impregnate purpose into your life but you got to be willing to take the walk hey thank you Jesus you're here today and maybe you've tried to walk through this storm stormy life by yourself you find yourself so overwhelmed and to the point where you're sinking, but you have no one to call upon what God is saying to you this morning, friend. That all you have to do is call upon his name and you'll be saved. That this storm does not have to be a place of despair and destruction, but a moment of purpose and God's presence in your life. And so I ask you today, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, to check your heart, to begin examining yourself and ask yourself this question. Can I make it through another storm by myself? Jesus is calling. Why not walk to where he's at? If that's you, then I'm going to make it easy. I want you to say, Pastor, when you pray, pray for me that I, I submit myself unto the Lord before it's too late, before the storm takes me under. If that's you, just say, Pastor, by the raising your hand right up and right back down, pray for me. I see that hand. I see those hands. Pastor, when you pray, pray for me. I see that hand up and right back down. I need prayer. I know, I know that I can't do this storm. It's about to take me under. And I need the provision and power of God in my life. I see that hand right back down. There's no shame. I see that hand right back down. Here's the reality to all those that raised your hand. I can't even walk without them holding my hand, Brother Wayne. I can't take the next breath. I can't live the next minute. Unless the Lord is part of that and I'm living unto Him. 
Maybe you're hearing you've walked with God, but somewhere along the way the storm has gotten so abusive and overwhelming that you've lost sight of your, of your Lord. And you find yourself even going under deeper and deeper and deeper without any hope, without any help. And you need the hand of God stretched forth in your life. If that's you, just wave your hand at me. Wave your hand. This is not an admission to sin. This is an admission to struggles. An admission to separation in which you need the assurance, calm assurance of God to be replenished in your life. If that's you, then I want you to lift your hand and say, Pastor, I see that hand. See that hand right back down. That hand right back down. That hand right back down. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. It's struggling me to tell you first and foremost, He loves you. And He's not forgot about you. And the very place that you're at now in this time of your life, amen, He's concerned for. And it is His desire and brings Him pleasure to bring blessing and deliverance unto your life. And so He's saying to cast your cares upon Him because He cares for you. He cares for you. I want you to hear that. My friend, He cares for you. He's, he cares about your storm. He cares about your troubles. He cares about your struggles. And He's saying, give it to Him. Call upon Him. And He will be a present help in trouble. And so I ask today to take it to the next level. Because we're talking about stepping out of the boat. You've been comfortable here for a while. Give it to Jesus. And move this direction. Let us pray with you as you call upon the name of Jesus, who said he would by no means cast you out. <laughs> Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost drawing this morning. And if that's you and you want to take it to that next level, today's your day. Today's your day. Give it to Jesus. Thanks again for joining us this week. For more information about Grace Point Church, or if you would like to contact us, please visit www.pascochurch.com.